All right. Well, welcome to this episode of the Texas Tech Edition of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I am your host, Jackson Moody. Tell you what we're going to do. What we're going to do. We're going to breathe. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. The sun is going to come up tomorrow. I'm recording this Tuesday right after Iowa State completely humiliated Texas Tech in basketball in Ames, Iowa. Texas Tech was run out of the building 84 to 50. By the way, that's a building that Texas Tech last year played a Sweet 16 team in with seven scholarship players available and only lost by four. They lost by 34 this evening. It was a humiliating display from Texas Tech. And on Saturday, Texas Tech lost to Oklahoma 68 63 at home in overtime. And they now sit 0-4 at the bottom of the Big 12 Conference. Alone at the bottom of the Big 12 Conference. They have not beaten anybody over a quad three team yet this season. There's more bad news. Cliff Kingsbury was fired today by the Arizona Cardinals. So Cliff Kingsbury no longer has a job. Another former Red Raider, Emmett Jones, no longer has a job at Texas Tech because he has accepted a job at Oklahoma. Uh, I'll explain why that's not a horrible thing for Texas Tech. And, well, there's some bits of good news, I guess. The football program is appearing on some uh, way too early top 25s. Thank God TCU is not national champions. That helps. And uh, Texas had to fire Chris Beard. All right, so where to begin with Texas Tech? Um, I think I'm going to start with Oklahoma. The game on Saturday against Oklahoma, credit to Davion Harmon. He had a great second half. He scored 19 of his 23 points in the second half, went 9 of 15 from the field, completely got Tech back in the game. Kevin O'Banner wasn't great, but got 15 points and 7 boards. I thought Richard Jennings played very well. He got 3 boards, 8 assists. Lamar Washington got 6 points, 6 boards. Jalen Tyson had a really rough night. He went 1 of 8 from the field. Four points. A lot of the time he was just standing in the corner. I I don't know whether to blame coaching or him for that. I think I lean towards coaching. He got seven boards at least. Demarion Williams, he at least played well. Um, he hit a three. He got five points. He also went he 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 was also an eighty-seven percent free throw shooter and went 0 for two from the line when we desperately needed two points. Elijah Fisher got on the court. Uh, he lost a lot of defensive assignments. Got two points, one of five from the field. Kerwin Walton didn't get a shot off in that game. It was an all-around... I think that you give the OU game a little bit of a pass. Pop Isaacs was out, our starting point guard. Our starting center, Daniel Bacho, was out. And uh, KJ Allen was also out due to injury. The good news is all three of those guys were available for the game on Saturday against Iowa State, but we just, we got ran out of there. I mean, the amount of times OU had wide open threes was ridiculous. At one point, our best defense was just hoping they would miss some threes. Thankfully, Grant Sherfield did. He went three of 12 from three, um, but they didn't miss a lot. And we were on the verge of a double-digit loss at home where it wasn't competitive in the second half until Davion Harmon completely took the game over. And that happened when Tanner Groves 
fouled out. And that was a huge turning point in this game. And I understand that because that took away really their only massive big man threat. And when you're missing Bacho, you're already missing AMAC. And then you're asking Kevin O'Banner to really play a lot of minutes down low. That helped us out. That cleared open the down low for us. But it wasn't enough. And the ending to this game was maddening. We're up two points. The ending to regulation, I should say, was maddening. We're up two points. And Demarion Williams is guarding his guy. We have two fouls to give. And we let him run by us and get a layup. Made no sense that we didn't use a foul once Demarion Williams got beat. He should have fouled him there. Foul him. Say, all right. Take it out with 10 seconds. And we still have a foul to give. But we didn't do that. Also, the next play, I'm not sure if this was the primary, but it ends up going to Jalen Tyson, who on the day... Again, went 1 of 8 from the field and 0 of 5 from 3. And we're over, it's a tied game and we're shooting a corner 3 with 5 seconds left. That play was so bad that OU actually got a half-court shot off and a decent look from a half-court shot to potentially win the game. I mean, I do not know what we we're doing in that huddle. I don't know why we even used the timeout there. If you're going to draw up that play, just save the timeout for overtime because that's where it's going anyway. And now it's not an awful play if Jalen Tyson is having a decent game and you're down by three or you're down by two. But when it's a tied game, give it to Harmon and let him take it to the rim. That's what he did the entire second half for us. He kept us alive by taking it to the rim. Even if Harmon's not available, O'Banner was having a decent game. Give it to him down low. Just do not take a three. Don't take a three with somebody who, to that point, was 0 for 4 from 3. Why? What's the point of that? What's the use of that? And then it came undone in overtime for us. I That last, that last chance that we had there with the three... And you end up taking a step back three that gets blocked from, what, 25, 27 feet out with a guy who's not a shooter? Our inbound plays, man, just at some point, we just got to let them. We just got to stop calling timeouts because we can't coach inbound plays worth a damn. We can't. We just can't. And so we dropped to 0-3. We got good news today before the game. That Bacho, Isaacs, and K.J. Allen were all available to play. K.J. Allen got didn't get on the floor, but he was available. Devion Harmon had a decent game. He was 6 of 13 from the field, 1 of 3 from 3, 14 points. He also got lost a ton on defense. Pop Isaacs went 3 of 13 from the field, not good. 1 of 9 from 3, 10 points. He's coming off an injury. I'm willing to give Pop Isaacs a pass there. Kevin O'Banner, 7 points, 0 for 2 from 3, not good. Kerwin Walton actually hit some threes. He went 2 for 2 from 3. Jalen Tyson's had another another rough game, 2 of 8 from the field, 5 points. Bacho, he was struggling with an injury. We get it. He has an injured finger on his shooting hand. That's not a good thing for us. 2 of 4 from the field, 4 points. Jennings and Elijah Fisher both got a couple of points as well. 
And C.J. Williams got some run because we were getting blown out. This game's almost not worth analyzing. The effort that Texas Tech showed today was pathetic. Pathetic. It looked like we just didn't want to be here. You're playing a Big 12 game. And it just looked like we didn't want to be there. It was awful. It looked like the players gave up. It looked like the coaches quit coaching. I'll tell you what. When we were down, what, 20 at half, 19 at half? I, at that point, I was hoping either we better come out and respond in a big way, show some fight, or I hope we get blown out. And it was the latter that happened. And I, right now, I'm kind of glad we lost by 34 points because every player needs to wear this humiliation. It's our biggest loss since 2015 in basketball. You're supposed to be one of our most talented rosters yet. And you got blown out by 34 points in a place that we went to with seven players last year to a Sweet 16 team and lost by four. Is this year's Iowa State team really 30 points better than last year's Iowa State team? And if they are, are we really only as good as what we were in Ames last year with seven players? That's unacceptable. It can't happen. You're 0-3 in conference play. Your backs are against the wall. And you don't even show any damn fight the entire game. I swear. At least. If you're getting blown out, yeah, don't, don't injure a guy. Don't shove somebody in the back when they're going up for an open layup. But shoot, commit a hard foul somewhere. Show that you actually give a damn. Show that you care that you're getting dog walked by this team. A team that you beat by over 30 points in the Big 12 tournament, what, 10 months ago? Well, the old Mike Leach thing, not a effing one. It wasn't these guys doing it. I know Kevin O'Banner was on the team. I know Bacho was on the team. He didn't play much. I know KJ Allen was on the team. He didn't play today. But though, that was Kevin McCord. That was TJ Shannon. That was Bryson Williams. That was Adonis Arms. That was Davion Warren doing that. You know who laid the foundation for this program? Players like Keenan Evans, Zach Smith, Jared Culver. Who got us to the Final Four? Tyreek Owens, Lorenzo Diasse. It wasn't these guys. And I'll tell you what. At this point, you are 0-4 in conference play. And you just laid an absolute egg when you were 0-3 in a massive game for you. Every single player needs to wear this humiliation. Every single coach needs to wear this humiliation and look themselves in the mirror and see if they actually want to compete. Because you know what? Right now, Davion Harmon, you're a fifth-year senior. You don't have any eligibility. What do you want your senior legacy to be? Kevin O'Banner, no more eligibility. What's your senior legacy? Kerwin Walton, you're starting, or you were playing big minutes at North Carolina as a freshman. You didn't get minutes last year. I know you went two for two today, but this is your last chance, bud. Like, seriously, you are at a program that has been to three Sweet 16s the last four tournaments. You are at a program that has been to a national title game in the last four years. You are at a program that has been to two Elite Eights in the last four tournaments. You are at a program that has one of the nicest practice facilities in the nation and one of the best fan bases in the nation, one of the nice stadiums in the nation, and you are laying duds when you're 0-3? Are you kidding me? Is this as good as it gets? Because it's nowhere close to good enough. 
It's not within 30 points of good enough. Like, I'm glad we got blown out the way we did because you know what? I know Chris Beard's not coaching in Austin anymore, but you're going to Austin. You are playing a team with that's going to have Texas on their uniform, and right now, you're not even on the dang bubble. You're lucky to be in the NIT right now. There better be a response from this team because you're about to throw everything away. You're about to throw... Some of these players are about to throw their senior season away. Some of these players are about to throw their best chance they've ever had away. Demarion Williams, you were at Gardner-Webb last year. What are you going to do to get on the court? Get minutes. Make plays. Do something. If it's not going for you one day, I get it. And look, a lot of the young guys are exempt from this. I get they're young. But still, you are playing Power 5 college basketball in the best conference in America. I know Jalen Tyson is going to end his college career as a very good player. But it's not 2025. It's 2023. And you are starting for a Power 5 team that was in the Sweet 16 last year that was top 25 to start the year. You're getting a scholarship. You're getting minutes. You're probably getting NIL money. What are you going to do to step up this season? And the coaches, Mark Adams, you got your dream job. You got your dream job. You got your first year extension after one year. And you're laying these duds? There is nobody, nobody immune from criticism in this program right now. No one. And yes, I know Pop Isaacs and Daniel Bacho were injured. They're great pieces for the future. So is Richard Jennings. So is Lamar Washington. So are all those guys. Hopefully Elijah Fisher comes around. But man, this is not 2025. It is 2023. And you are 0-4 in conference play. And we need somebody to step up now because you're going to Austin. You're playing a team with Texas, a top 10 team in Texas. And you are not even on the bubble. You haven't beaten a quad two or a quad one team yet this season. Something needs to change. You are dead last in a conference that you were competing for the title in last year. This is... They need to respond. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Even if they don't win, they better fight their damn asses off the entire game. They better make it a fist fight. Make it a rock fight against Texas. Fight them tooth and nail to the death. Even if you don't win, show that you at least care. Show that you haven't given up on the season. Because it may be a long season because... Look, we're 0-4. We still got 16 games to go at least. You got 14 Big 12 games. You got a conference tournament game. And the way they're playing, they're only going to get one conference tournament game. Probably not even that. They're probably not making the NCAA right now. They may not even be making the NIT tournament right now. And then you got the SEC Big 12 Challenge. Do you want to get your doors blown off? Do you want to get TCU'd? What happened to TCU on Monday night for 16 more games? Or do these guys want to show some fight? Because there's still time to turn this thing around. But man, the effort that they showed today was downright pathetic. And it's not just me or fans saying that. Former player, Captain Lorenzo Diase, quote, Bleep got to change now. Everyone plays a role. Coaches coach regardless of outcome. Players compete with life, toughness, energy, regardless of outcome. Fans are the heartbeat. Bring that spirit the team needs regardless of the outcome. Don't quit coaching. Don't quit playing. Don't quit showing up. End quote. Former players 
are noticing. I remember that 2019 beatdown in Lawrence, and now this team's not going to make the Final Four like that team did. But after that beatdown in Lawrence, Lorenzo Diase called a team meeting. Can one of these senior players step up? Devion Harmon, you've gone through the Big 12 before. Kevin O'Banner, you've gone through the Big 12 before. This is your last year. Kerwin Walton, you've gone through two, two ACC seasons before at North Carolina. You've been to a Final Four. You've been to a national title game. Yeah, you didn't play much. But you've been there. Can one of these older players step up, call a team meeting, and do something to turn this around? Please? Like, that's what you need at this point. Somebody needs to step up. I don't care if it's on the plane ride home tonight. I don't care if it's Wednesday morning. I don't care if it's Wednesday night. Somebody needs to step up in that locker room or else this season is lost. All right, moving on. Uh, more bad news. Cliff Kingsbury fired. Uh, that's not a surprise. Uh, I, I think Kyler Murray's more to blame, but also Cliff Kingsbury won Kyler Murray. So, you know, that is what it is. I think Cliff Kingsbury will be a really good offensive coordinator in the NFL. I don't know if he's cut out for a head coach. Uh, pro- maybe someday there's a good chance someday he will be. He's definitely more of an NFL coach than a college coach, but yeah, just didn't work out in Arizona. Arizona has been around for, the Cardinals franchise has been around for, I believe, about 100 years. They have never had a coach make it more than six seasons. So, not quite uh, death nail for Cliff Kingsbury and his coaching career. That happens to everybody who coaches for the Cardinals. Also, Emmett Jones has left Texas Tech, and that has caused some worry among Texas Tech fans. And all I'm going to say is, guys, I give you the option of losing three. These three guys that we were worried about. Baron Morton, Tim DeRuder, and Emmett Jones. Everybody would have said, okay, we'll take DeRuder and Baron Morton if you get picked two. Those two are staying. Emmett Jones, it's a blow. We lost a wide receivers coach, okay? Not the end of the world. We lost a very high-paid wide receivers coach, $450,000. He was getting paid more than David Yost was to be our offensive coordinator, $150,000 more. It is what it is. He made a career decision. He's gone. Hopefully, Jerram Bradley doesn't go with him. I don't think he will, but as I was saying this, as I was getting ready to record, Duran Bradley, I did notice he changed his profile pic from him in a tech uniform to all black. So we'll, we'll have to see what happens there. Honestly, if we lose some guys, we lose some guys. It is what it is. That's college football for you. It, building a program doesn't happen overnight. It happens over time. And Texas Tech, no matter what happens, if we lose a receiver or two, it is what it is. We're still in a great position as a program. In addition to that, now that the bad news is out of the way, 19 minutes into this podcast, time for some good news. Texas Tech is appearing on some AP Top 25 uh, way too early bowls. I expect them to be ranked in the preseason poll. I really do. I think they're going to beat up on Wyoming and then go into that matchup in Week 2 in Lubbock. Against Oregon, very possibly a top 10 Oregon team in Lubbock as a ranked team. That's going to be a ranked matchup, and you're going to have a chance to make a statement right away. All right, going from there, Chris Beard got fired. And 
for alleged domestic abuse. And, you know, I don't want to make jokes about that. Uh, I won't. It's very sad what's happened in his family. I will say his lawyers kind of did it to him. It seems like his lawyers released or sent a letter to Texas that morning saying how unjust this was and how completely innocent he was. And then Texas fired him and his coach or his lawyer released a letter or a statement. And in the first paragraph spelled coaching wrong. He spelled it couching. I swear, I, I don't know how Chris Beard was so highly paid and ended up with the Walmart version of Better Call Saul as his lawyer. But, I mean, that's off to that lawyer because he's getting a paycheck and he just, he just completely nuked any chance Chris Beard out of staying on. I do also find it kind of entertaining that... And Texas Tech basketball is not in a great place right now. I'll admit that. I'll be the first to admit that one. But Texas paid Texas Tech $4 million for Chris Beard's buyout. Texas got swept by Texas Tech, went 0-2 against them, got their arena taken over on national TV, so much so that they had to kick their own students out of seats because they overpromised the student section seating. They finished below Texas Tech in the Big 12. They got one NCAA tournament when they didn't go as far as Texas Tech did. And they finished, they went 0-1 in the Big 12 tournament where Texas Tech made it to the finals. So they paid Texas Tech $4 million to go 0-2 to finish below them in the Big 12, to finish below them in the Big 12 tournament and in the NCAA tournament and in the final AP poll. So... There's your good news. TCU got absolutely smoked. There's not much good news. Uh, Football program's still in good shape. Baseball's coming up. We play Texas on Saturday night in Austin. And I swear, if what happened in Ames does not get a response out of this program, these coaches and players, then I don't know what to say. Because if you're looking for a way that we beat Texas, either we got very hot tonight and it carried over into Saturday, or we got the doors blown off us tonight and these players woke up, these players and coaches, because the coaches are far from exempt too, woke up and go out and make a statement. And it was the latter. And because of that, we're 0-4 in Big 12 play. We're sitting dead last right now. Baylor and West Virginia still play tomorrow, so we'll be tied with one of them, but man, we faced a must win, uh, I thought what was a must win against OU, and we responded to losing that by getting the doors blown off us, you got Texas and Baylor coming up in quick succession, if you want to save this season, You got to do something in these two games and you got to go beat LSU next Saturday.